I had to uh, had to turn it all the way up. And that's where I'm going, because I'm going all the way up. All the way to 11. Spinal Tap would be proud. That's where we're turning this thing. I'm going to bring this to a close. The Homeless Millionaire Series finale. Here we go. So after I get my mom on the phone, I I ask her, when's, when's the last time that you talked to uncle? When's the last time that you talked to your brother? And she says, I, th I think a couple days ago, a week ago. And I said, so you haven't, you haven't heard anything that's, that's happened or anything that's going on. And she goes, no, what's, what's going on? What, what are you talking about? And I say, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, but I heard from my cousin's work that I heard that both aunt and uncle died. She, no, there's no way. She says, there's, there's just, this is not real. There's no way. And so she gets off the phone, hangs up on, on me. Like, I have to go. I have to go. She, so she calls me back about 10 minutes later. She said, I just talked to your uncle. He's fine. And so's your aunt. I, I don't know what's going on. And I said, well, that's, that's weird. I mean, his coworkers said that he was really upset about it. So obviously, I'm really confused on what's going on. So I start going into kind of investigative mode. You know what I mean? I want to figure out what's going on. So about a week later, there's another Wyoming football game. And uh, I, I called him because he was supposed to be out Ubering and doing all this stuff. So I called him and I said, hey, uh, hey, what's going on? Because I didn't, I never left a message. So my mom and I are trying to figure out why he would have said these things. And so I said, hey, man, where, where are you? He said, oh, I'm out Ubering. And I said, okay, hey, where are you? I might need you to pick up some big speakers from Guitar Center. And I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to do it because I, I need some stuff picked up either in Boulder or down south. Where are you? He said, well, I'm down south. I said, okay, where are you? He said, well, I'm driving around. I don't know where these people are going to take me. And mind you, the whole time that we're doing this, it's over text. And so I'm going, okay, well, that's, that's a little weird. So about an hour goes by. And again, there's still a Wyoming football game going on. And so I said, "Hey man, uh where have you made it?" He said, "Ah man, I I'm getting run around. I'm I'm going up here. I'm going down there. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." And I said, "Okay, well, I mean, hopefully that means he's making money. I I I'm not mad at you." And uh but I keep asking him. I say, "Hey, but where where are you because in between pickups or on your way back up, I really do need you to pick up this stuff." And he's never giving me a definitive answer. And so, well, I mean, it's a 2016 Escalade. So I said, okay, well, if he's not going to answer me, I'm going to pull out my, my Cadillac app and I'm going to find out where in the heck he is. Well, he's not down south at all. He's about, probably about 20 minutes away from my house. In fact, on the same road as my house, Highway 52. And so I said, well, that's weird. And so I just text him again. I say, is everything, is everything okay, man? It just seems like you're being a little aloof and... I don't know what's going on. I, all I want to know is, is where are you? He said, oh yeah, sorry. No, no worries. I'm, I'm down by uh, park Meadows mall. I said, okay, well, and, and so I call Kayla after I get that text and I say, Hey, you know, something weird is going on with, uh, with my cousin. Uh, you know how he had that kind of scare where he had told people that, that his parents had died. And now it's, I feel like he's kind of lying to me because I'm trying to figure out where he is and he's not really giving me an answer. I just looked it up on uh, on the app and it shows that he's like right down the road. And so what do you think I should do? And she said, well, you know what? Maybe the GPS locator de doesn't always update the way that it should and maybe this, that, and the other. And I mean, she goes to bat for him. She completely uh, just believes him. And I mean, she, that's one of her greatest qualities is she believes in people more than they're even able to believe in themselves. And so I say, okay, well, that's probably right. So we kind of trade texts, me, me and my cousin, we go back and forth and, and finally something just isn't sitting right with me. I said, well, if he's telling me he's down here and he's making this money and he's this and that, and I'm just going to go drive by wherever it says that the Escalade is. 
So I get in my car, and I drive down the uh, the road. And it's probably 15 miles away, maybe 20 miles away, but it's way, way north. And uh, I go, I take this turn and go down this little back road, and sure enough, there's the Escalade sitting right there. And I just, I don't know what to think at this time. And so I had, I drive by and I get a call from him. He immediately calls me because at the time I was driving a Subaru STI and they're kind of loud. They're kind of loud cars. And uh, I drive by and he says, "Uh, yeah, saw you, saw you drive by, man. And I said, yeah, I did. And uh, he says, well, what do you want to do now? And I said, well, you know what? You've been lying to me. And I said, I can't help but think that you're not actually Ubering. You're not actually doing anything that you say that you're doing because we're catching you in all these lies. I don't don't know what's going on, man. You got to shed some light on this. And he just starts getting mad because he says, well, you're playing big brother and you wanted to find out where I was. I said, well, you weren't telling me I needed your help. You have the only vehicle that's big enough. And I was just wondering, and you're so late on all of your bills. You're not following through on anything that you're saying you're doing. Like, I'm getting kind of mad about this, dude. And he says, okay, well, obviously this isn't working. So I'm just going to move out and uh, I'll come talk to you in a couple days. I said, okay, just real quick. You're not going to come talk to anybody in a couple days. You're going to get in that car. You're going to drive it to my house and we're going to talk about this. And so when we get face to face, I'm thinking I I can still be some sort of a mentor and I can help out and I can I can be his champion, if you will. I can change him. But he just gets so defensive, so mad at me. And and I think honestly, because he was a little older than I and uh and I think he was just jealous and he was mad that, you know what, through our perseverance, and when I say our, I really mean myself. Uh, Zach Markle, Kayla Kimball, Ashley Kisner, Mitch Zonnefeld. I mean, those are the biggest champions in my life. And I couldn't have done any of this without them. And he sees my friendship with them. And he sees what we're accomplishing and what we're doing. He he must have always felt like an outsider. And, and, and that's the only thing, the only way that I can justify this is if he just was like, you know what, I, I don't even know what sacrifice like that looks like. I don't, I don't know how you guys, I don't know how you did it. Because, I mean, we have a bond that is never going to be broken. We are unbreakable. I know that. We've been through just the worst. And I think he just felt like an outcast at times. So I hope that that was the case and it wasn't malicious from the beginning, but... He comes back to the the house and and I begin to cry because I'm I'm sad. I just I I I do love this guy, but I'm heartbroken. And so we begin to fight. He gets defensive and uh I end up just saying, "You know what? I've had it. You can uh grab all of your stuff. If you want to move out so bad, grab all of your stuff, put it put it in the Escalade and I will drive you back to whatever house." that I found the Escalade at earlier today. And he said, well, I don't know if I can stay there. I said, well, you can't stay here. And if they're so important, that's where you're going back to. And I found out that he was never really Ubering. At that house, the friend was one of those guys who had a bunch of arcade machines. And it was one of those things where if you put in a dollar, you'd punch a bag and it it would give you a number on how well you did. And he was driving the Escalade around, delivering those machines even all the way into Nebraska. He was never Ubering. That's why he paid me in ones. And when he paid me in ones, he actually went back to his friend and took a loan from him so that he could pay me telling each one of us different stories about the other. Just completely heartbreaking. And so... I don't give him a choice. I just say, look, I'm, I'm done getting taken advantage of. I'm not doing this. Get all your stuff, put it in the escalator, and I'm taking you back there. And I dropped him off in front of that garage, and I just told him, figure it out. But I'm done. And it just goes to show you that blood isn't always the thing that signifies family. 
because the people that I have really built this company with, I mean, those guys, they're, they're family. So right after that, I have to break this news to my team and they're, they're all in complete and utter shock. But slowly but surely, we start hearing things from other people and more employees from Red Lobster where he worked would, would, would give us a call and let us know, hey, well, what's going on with this? He said this. Hey, what's going on with this? He said this. We found out from students, oh, well, he said this. We found out from this person, oh, well, they said this. And we're going, oh, my God, this, is, this has been going on for seven months, eight months since he started. So I feel like we dodged a bullet. I, I, I hope that he learned his lesson and I hope that he's doing better, but I have not talked to him since. And I probably never will um, because he's too prideful. Now, I have sent him text messages that have gone unanswered and unreturned saying, I love you, saying, I wish you the best. Hey, I'm thinking about you. I don't get any, any answer. But I have forgiven him. I, I, I do love him, and I do wish him the best. But, alas, we've got to keep moving forward. So, we're in about December now, December of 2016, and uh, we find out that we're getting a site visit. We're getting a site visit, and this is going to be the thing that determines whether or not we are a approved and regulated school. Are we going to be able to be allowed to teach people? So they do the site visit. And oh man, leading up to this thing, oh, leading up to this, I mean, we're getting all the student files in place and we're making sure that we're doing everything that the lawyer says and he's coming through and looking and we're getting these, um, some of our, our family friends and other educators and different people to write recommendations and everything that we have to do to get this moving in the right direction because we are trying to dot all of our I's, cross all of our T's. And so we're also leaning on one of our really great instructors, Jim Naren. Now he used to work at my old school. He um, was an instructor at uh, the conservatory. So he's been through situations like this before. So he's helping quarterback. He's helping us get the right things in the right place and helping us do all these things. But we've never been through this before and we're scared. But we're doing everything. And I'm, I kid you not, they come in, they walk through, they look at our records, they look at how we're doing scheduling, how we're doing classes, how we're doing this, how we're doing everything that they're looking at. And, and they're going in detail. And this girl uh, named Bernadette, she's the one who came to give us our site evaluation. And she says, you know what? I've never met a more organized school. I have never met, because one of the things that we do, every class, each teacher for each student says, they'll, they'll write a little thing in Google Sheets that says, hey, this is how well the student is comprehending the information. Here's what we went over in class today. Here's um, what their attitude was like. Here's all of these different things so that at a moment's notice, if we have to replace a teacher or we have to do something, at a moment's notice, a teacher can pick up and understand exactly what that particular kid is going through. And Bernadette says, man, nobody does that. We only have two rules in our handbook. And, and number one is try to outcare everyone else in the room. Number two, try to put the word, a physical word of wow in someone's mouth that day. And I think we're getting pretty good at that. Because the thing about it, think about it, if you only have to do those two things each day, you don't have to tell someone to show up on time. So Bernadette feels that culture from us and she's going, wow, you guys are great. I'm going to recommend that you go before the school board. And I mean, and just to give you an idea, the school board has like all of Denver's district attorneys and it has the president of U.S. Bank and all these doctors and psychologists and everyone that you have to go present in front of and say, this is why I have the audacity to say that I should be the one leading these kids into the future of how they're going to make money for the rest of their lives. So it's a very scary thing, but we get the nod from Bernadette. We get the nod. She says, I think you, I think you guys are going to be a great school. So we wait for our moment of truth. We wait for 
the day that we've got to go in front of this. And my lawyer comes with me. Kayla comes with me. Ashley comes with me. And I get, I get up there in front of them and I tell them, I show my passion on why I'm so excited about education, why I feel like I, I, I was born to do this, why I feel like I was a born educator and I want to lead this next generation of audio entrepreneurs. I want to help them make something of themselves and I want to help them do it faster than I was able to do it because I felt like I was thrown into molasses with the education that I got. I felt like I was thrown into a way of doing things that, that was from 40 years ago. So, you know what? It's like Steve Jobs said. He says, you know, if you want to do something that's going to change the world, first, you need to find a wrong that you want to right. I wish I would have found it sooner. It wasn't just living in the studio world. It wasn't just being a studio dog, if you will. I wanted to change the way that kids were getting an education and the way that they were coming into this world to make money. And so we got up in front of those people and we let them know, we answered their questions. And they said, this state would be honored, honored to approve you. You are approved. So you can imagine, I mean, we, huge weight off our chest. We were pumped. We announced it. We were excited. It just felt like all of our hard work for the, that, that last year, just day in and day out, building the curriculum, getting the legal work in order, filing the application, going through the process, getting background checks, doing everything we had to do. It all became worth it at that moment. So we want to we be a school that no school has ever dared to be. And so we say, okay, you know what? Let's make a splash. How are, how are we going to make a splash? How do we do that? And I said, you know what? Why don't, why don't we take all of our kids to NAM? Now, NAM is, uh, I think it's North American Music Manufacturers. It's a big conference that shows all the new crazy cool things that are happening in our industry. It's in Los Angeles. Well, we're pretty cash thin right now because, I mean, the amount of legal work and the amount of money that it takes to get approved was much more than we had anticipated. So we decide that it's a really good idea to drive. Ashley takes her car, I take the Escalade, and then we rent a 15-person passenger van. And this is probably three weeks later, it's uh, in January. So you can imagine driving up over the mountains is just such an easy task. And it's, of course, snowing. <laughs> Here's my uh, Veil Pass thing for the who knows how many time, right? I'm just not going to Arizona this time. But we have a bunch of great people. We take it nice and slow. We're as safe as possible. And we begin our journey with 20-something people, three vehicles to drive all the way to California. So we start this 1,100, 1,200-mile journey. And we were not necessarily anticipating how many different bathroom schedules people would have. We don't realize how many different times people would want to get food or need something or need this or need that. But we persevere and we drive and we drive and we dr and, and we're going a lot slower than we think we were going to because, I mean, think about it. It's snowing. We have to go slow. Then we're stopping seemingly every 30 minutes. So it just it, it takes forever. And we finally get to Las Vegas. So I said, you know what? I'm not I'm not going all the way in to Los Angeles. We're stopping in Las Vegas. So I call one of my friends at the Palms Casino and I got everybody the real world suite. We get the real world suite, which is literally the one that you see when they had Vegas, the real world. I got all the students. I mean, we get this huge suite. We get a pool table. We get, But we have 20 people, so there's not enough beds for everybody. It's a very interesting situation. There's, We were not anticipating on, on, on how hard it is to sleep and feed and, and just go everything that people need to do. That many people is just, oh, it's mind-boggling. But great memories. I'll tell you, I will never forget this trip as long as I live. It was amazing. So we're in the real world suite. We're playing pool. We're having fun. We're doing things. And some of the kids go out and uh, do some of the stuff in uh, Las Vegas. Actually, I think we all went out at one point and I got everyone a stretch Hummer limo. 
and we drove around <laughs> the strip and we're doing things. And uh, a couple of the kids, uh, Jordan and uh, I think it was Kane, they started this dance called the Starfish, <laughs> and they were going across the <laughs> they were going across the street acted like they were a starfish and i mean i guess you had to have been there but it was just it was it was an incredible feeling just to watch this and uh, <laughs> uh um so it's a it's a great time and uh it's again there's not enough beds some people are sleeping on the floor some people are doing this that and the other but we're together we're having a great time we're moving forward um so we get back on the road the next day after having a great night in vegas um oh actually no before that, I surprised everyone the very next day. I had uh, one of my friends who manages studio at the Palms, and I was one of the original designers on that project. Um, I mean, a low-level job, but I was still a part of it. It's a really cool thing to be a part of. And uh, we toured the place that Celine Dion was uh, records at all the time. We... Uh, um, what else do we, uh, Michael Jackson recorded one of his things there and, uh, we got to tour that facility and it's like hidden in the palms. So if you're ever there, go to studio at the palms. It's super freaking awesome. So, um, so anyway, we toured that the next day before we got on the road. It was just so fun. Um, so we get on the road, uh, we're driving into, to Anaheim and, uh, we find the house, we Airbnb'd and this, this particular Airbnb, of course, overstates what it can do, what it is, all this good stuff. And it looks like a castle on the Airbnb thing. So I'm like, awesome. We're going to freaking have a good time, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> so we, we pull up and I'm going, okay, it's a little smaller than I necessarily thought it was going to be. And uh, we get in there and I'm like, okay, so it says that this thing sleeps like 24 people. It's like a three-bedroom house. And so... Uh, I mean, and it was crazy expensive and I thought I was doing the right thing, but I'd never seen it before. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I mean, I remember actually when we got there, I had one of the students just throw a tantrum saying, I want a bed and this is ridiculous and blah, 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 just freaking out and to where I just said, all right, look, anyone who didn't get what they signed up for, didn't want to do this. Uh, I will buy your plane ticket right now. I'll send you home because I cannot deal with toxic attitudes. We're here to have fun. I had set up a master class with Tony Shepard. Um, I had set up a bunch of really cool things for us to do at NAM and people for them to meet because at the end of the day, we're there for the conference. We're there to make connections. We're there to expose them to the industry, not to make sure they can sleep like a baby. Uh, and so I break it down for him. I'm like, look, this is the industry you're going into. You got to grow some thick skin. Sometimes life throws you some curveballs. So if you're demanding that you have a bed, no one else does, then you know what? You can either get on a plane or I'll give you my bed. And so we deal with that. Now I have to, I have to just kind of talk a little bit about this because that same student is not the same person. So six months later, we actually go on a trip to, uh, Nashville and, uh, you know what? That same person who was a, a little bit of a thorn in my side and kind of a, kind of a, a drama queen, if you will, ended up being one of my chaperones and completely turned it around and is one of our very best students. So I, I want you to know that sometimes tough love is what you need. Um, but anyway, we clear up everything. Everyone starts having a great time. We, we go to a grocery store. We buy a bunch of food so that we're not eating out all the time. And then we go to Nam, And it's raining like crazy. So... <laughs> So we, we, the first time we have to get dropped off because to get to Nan, it's, there's a lot of people who are going to this thing. So anyway, uh, we have to run all the way there. And so we proceed to have everybody going through, they have this big concert outside and, and all these things. It's just, it's like a sensory overload. Everyone's just, I want to do this. 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 We feel like we're losing people. Um, some people we think, okay, we got to watch them because we don't know where they're going to go. And, and I just realized how hard it is to keep my hands on all of these kids. Cause at the end of the day, I'm responsible for these kids. So I want to make sure they're okay. I want to make sure they're good. And, uh, so it's, it's probably one of the more stressful things I've ever done, but we end up having a fantastic trip. We go and see, um, Tony Shepard at, uh, I think it was Westlake, and he gives us a master class on what he does, how he does it, why he does it, this, that, and the other, and I'm going, yes, these kids are seeing this guy in his natural, like, 
environment and they just met made all these connections with all of these different people and these different things and i mean they're crushing it i mean these kids are just sorry i'm a little proud i'm a little proud because the the group that we took out there was a little bit of that entitlement generation and the and the group that we brought back was the thankful generation and i watched these kids transform in about three or four days it was magical it it was incredible and so we drive back and we drive straight through, straight through. And of course, over Vail Pass, it's snowing again. We do it together. We get in. Everyone's still in great spirits. Everyone's hugging one another. Everyone bonded on that trip like there was no tomorrow. And I went, this is what this school is about, is creating connections that are going to last a lifetime, both from one another, but to the industry. And it was in that trip that I realized this school is doing exactly what it was meant to do. And so I doubled down on business. When we got back, I, I, I talked to my staff and I said, guys, here's a book for you. Here's a book for you. Here's a book for you. I make everyone start reading books like there's no tomorrow. I make everyone start reading motivational books, business books, sales books, all this stuff. Because I said, you know what? We need more students and we need to really, really affect, disrupt, and change the education industry. We need to do that. And I start watching everyone change. I start watching everyone change. And it is incredible. It is incredible to see the sales that start coming in the kids that start coming in, the, the employees that are just changing and turning around their life. It's a mindset thing. It's an attitude thing. And so one of the particular uh, people that I listened to, uh, it was a book called Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone. And uh, I also listened to a book, uh, 10X. And it, it, and it basically talks about, I mean, it has some great things. It really will light a fire under your butt. Um, and for all intents and purposes, this was the thing that really got me just hooked on audiobooks. I mean, really, really changed my life. So I just start listening all the material. I, I, I dive in. If they say, man, you're kind of drinking the Kool-Aid. Man, I was swimming in the Kool-Aid. And so I start listening to the books. I listen to this. And then I find out that this guy is going to do a big business conference with all my favorite speakers. And he's giving away a $15,000 ticket. So I said, all right, uh, how am I going to get 15000 I don't have nothing. I'm going to have to get like a normal ticket. Maybe it's like uh, 500 bucks. I don't even know if I can do that. I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And so he says, well, I'm giving away a $15,000 ticket. You got to give the best story. So I straight up, I just, I got on his live feed one day and I said, look, I own a school in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, you've, for all intents and purposes, changed my life, changed the lives of my employees. And uh I would, I would love it if you could help me get to that conference because what you've done for me and my team has been nothing short of amazing. I really appreciate it. And the next day at noon on his uh, TV show, he announced my name as me winning that ticket. I got, one of the, I got to go to his house. I got to go on a yacht party. I got to sit in the very front row of this amazing business conference that changed my life. I went out to Miami with my wife and we started our business journey. We started, well, not started it, but we focused our business journey because I, I got to see Tim Grover, one of my very favorite speakers. He was the, the, um, he was the guy who was the trainer for Michael Jordan and uh, Kobe Bryant and he turned them into who they were. And uh I got to see people like Tim's story, one of a, a great spiritual, uh, uh, just, I mean, ah, I'm telling you, if you have the chance, it's called the Growth Con, uh, uh, 10X Growth Conference. I encourage you to go. I think it's great. Uh, but anyway, I get to see all these people. I come back and I'm on fire for business. So I say, all right, guys, we need to change our mindset. We need to change our this. We need to change our health. We need to change. So I start something called the 95-day challenge. Because I said, look, this has already been the hardest year of our lives. Because now, mind you, to start blowing up the business, well, that takes a lot of cash. So I take an insane amount of loans, like $700,000 of loans, seven hundred grand. 
Now, this all started back at the end of 2016, but holy crap. So we have this giant debt to service every single month, but we start getting just a little bit smarter. We start getting everybody on the same materials. And one of the things that happened with the 95 day challenge is we all start really, really working out. We start eating right. We start doing all of these great things and we start really noticing a difference in our lives, our mindset, everything, everything's building, everything, the momentum, everything's getting bigger. Everything's getting better. And we look up and we realize that around July 4th, is when the 95 days are up. And man, I'll tell you, I'll post some pictures, but we we change in, in those three months. We, Me and Thor start looking like the Hulk and Thor, like the superheroes, not like the superheroes that let themselves go, if you know what I mean. And we're looking great. So we decide to throw a huge 2017 rager of a party, 4th of July. We're going to have a great time, and it's when we're going to be able to drink because we hadn't had any alcohol, no sugars, no carbs, no anything. Now, we looked really good because of it. So we just decided let's go all out. We drive to Wyoming. We buy like $3,500 in fireworks. Um, Everyone kind of pulled together from everyone who was coming to the party. And uh, we drive over to Wyoming because the kind of fireworks that we're buying are not necessarily legal in Colorado. I mean, these are the big boys, you know. And so we could bring those back. I think we had almost 70, 80 people show up for the party. We had a live band. We had uh, all these things going on. I mean, it was so fun. I mean, we let loose. We we drank probably a little bit too much, but we had a great time. And we celebrated the fact that, hey, you know what? We got through that 95 days. We look better. Our business is doing better. Everything is better. It's not something that we had been able to say very many times in 2017. But after the party, I, I think we probably spent the next day recuperating, but then we're looking, we're like, oh man, back to reality. And we're realizing, man, we have a lot of debt to service. I mean, we're probably servicing $30,000 a month in, in debt. But the great thing that happened during 2017 is the way that we locked everything in is we paid off over a half a million dollars in debt in 2017. A half a million dollars in debt is gone. That's incredible. Now, did we have to make some sacrifices? Did we have to hunker down a little bit? Did we have to be a little more frugal than maybe we wanted to be? Did we have to take pay cuts? Yes. But it goes back to the thing that believing is seeing. Seeing is not believing. And we believed before we saw, and then all of a sudden, everyone who didn't believe in us was looking up and going, oh my God, those crazy people over at KMG are doing it. They are being successful. And that's because we kept moving forward. We kept having perseverance. We kept doing this crazy thing called believing in one another, having each other's back, not talking crap about one another and loving one another, hugging one another and being there for one another when the other person is down. We looked up and we had something that was bigger than any of us maybe expected, but we were dang proud of. And I want to take this, I want to take this time because I mean, in, in this time, yes, we had, uh, we had the NAM trip. I mean, after that, my wife and I got invited to the Grammys and we went to the Grammys. We got to rub elbows in the producer's wing. We got to do all of these things that most people dream of. So what? We didn't have a lot of extra cash. We were doing, we were making memories. We were putting memories in the memory bank. We went to San Francisco and visited my business partner, Roland. We got to go down and visit uh, Kayla's family in Phoenix. See her beautiful family. So we're reminiscing during this crazy time when we're thinking that, you know what? It's, it's hard. Yeah, we've got a lot of debt, but I mean, we've paid off this much. We got to go make some memories. We got to do this. So we're seeing, what, maybe it's not that bad not having money. Money is not everything. And we hold even more stock in one another. And we start believing in one another even more. And so I want to take this time right now because this was about the moment when we doubled down on people. And I want to talk about a few people. First, I want to talk about Chase. Chase is, again, one of the most talented people that I've ever met in my life, and I'm lucky to have him on my team. Um, but he's always been a, a bit of a smartass. He's always been a, a bit of that, that guy where you never know what you're going to get from him. 
but the talent is is one thing that I'm going to start a series after this one called Being Undeniable. And Chase is one of those people who is undeniable. You you watch him work, you watch his intellect, you see him do and execute and he is undeniable. And he had had some troubles with some other employees, but I kept giving him chance and kept giving him this. But what I realized is we had never really double, doubled down on who he was. So I said, look, man, quit what else you've got going on. Because he was an AV tech and he did some uh, lighting shows and all these different things. I said, look, I'm just going to double down. I'm going to give you the salary that you've been asking for. Um, and believe in my team, believe in this. And when I believed in him, it's almost like he believed in me even more than I was believing in him. And and I mean, to this day, it was one of the best decisions that I've made. Another person that I want to talk about is Jackson Durham. He is one of the, almost a protege, uh, because I can tell that he just oozes confidence in this company. He believes, he sees the vision, he loves this company, and I don't think that you can buy that level of belief who he is to this company and to the people in this company is infectious it is something that holds us together day in and day out he helps us more than he could possibly understand so i want to take the time to really appreciate who he's become because especially after this party that we had in july um, I mean, he was right there helping us get ready for the party, get ready for this, get ready for that, doing all these things, doing great things. Another person that I want to really take the time to thank is Mike Daru. Now, both Jack and Mike are, are old students of ours, but Mike is one of those people who kind of started leaning on me to mentor him faster than most. And he is someone that I really admire and respect because I think that he's incredibly intelligent and I think he's he's already successful. But he joined early on in the Final Percent company and uh, started the Final Percent training and the different things that we're developing. And he's going to become such a force of nature in what we're doing. Um, I'm very thankful uh, to God that I met him and he chose us as a school and we've been able to develop the friendship and the relationship, the the business relationship, the ideas, uh, just everything. Um, it's been, it's been amazing. And, and one of the, one of the other guys, uh, Felix, <laughs> this guy is one of the happiest people that, you know, he's, he's super engaged. He cares. He loves, he's got a big heart and he's got work ethic. Like there's no tomorrow. Um, all of these are old students from Jack, Mike and Felix, and they are, they are the personification of why I get up in the morning to develop people like that. And the fact that now I get to work alongside them means more to me than I could possibly ever tell anybody. It's, it's truly, it's truly incredible. And I just wanted to make sure that I took the time to talk about those people specifically. Now, before I get to the Second half of the story that brings us to the conclusion. Um, a couple other people that I need to really uh, talk about that not a lot of people know yet is, is one girl named Jenny Vinatieri. And she is going to be my business partner down in Colorado Springs. And I cannot tell you how magical this person is because she has something special. It's that X factor. It's that undeniable. She has that undeniable quality. And I'm very excited. And her husband is just as undeniable as she is. He is, uh, he's just incredible. I, I love, I love hanging out with him. Crazy smart, crazy successful. And I'm very excited to see what we can do with one another down in Colorado Springs. It's going to be, it's going to be very exciting. So getting into the back end of this story is what kind of started the final percent podcast. And uh, that's, the Eclipse, my buddy Rob Keating, who is also our CLO, Chief Legal Officer, said, hey, man, I want to go see, I want to go see the Eclipse. I really want to see the Eclipse. Can you do it? And, and I just had to cancel a business trip. I was going to go to San Francisco, but my business partner, Roland, uh, called me and he said, dude, we, we got to cancel this. I'm having my baby. And so I said, 
all right, well, uh, I'm going to call Rob back. Uh, congratulations, bud. But uh, I'm going to call Rob back because I really want to see the eclipse. So I say, dude, I'm in. We, uh, we take this journey. And it was watching the eclipse where I really came up with the concept because I was watching it and I'm telling you, I, I know that this is the first episode of my podcast, but I'll just go through it really quickly. Um, I was watching it and I realized, oh my God, the final percent is where everything lives. That's the magic. Because watching the eclipse, until you achieve that final percent, it's crap. You can't look at it. There's nothing that matters. It just looks like Pac-Man threw some crappy glasses. And I realize that the final percent, that exponential part of life happens in the final percent. So if you think that 95% is good enough, it's not. And I, I came to that conclusion when I got back to Denver and I said, man, I just had my life changed. I watched the eclipse and I am just, oh my God, I'm good. Holy crap. I, I get it. And they're going, oh, dude, I watched it too. It was awesome. And I said, you drove to Wyoming? He goes, nah, nah, we, we had uh, 98% here. And I said, well, you didn't see it then. Because the magic happens in the final percent. So if you see that you're at 98%, get excited because you're close. You're not there. You didn't get an A until you get 100%. 100%. Go that final percent. And when, I, when all of that clicked, that's when I decided, all right, you know what? I'm going to start my podcast. I have to do a podcast because I have to share this with the world. It's not just about the fact I've been working on this book. It wasn't until the final percent when I wanted to share this whole thing with the world. I was going, oh my God, I have to tell the world about this. And I started the company, The Final Percent. And it... It talks about how to get you to that final percent of your life. It talks about why the final percent is everything. And you can't get there if you quit. You can't get there if you say, that's good enough. You can't get there if you say, I'm okay. You have to go the final percent. And so I'm going through all of this stuff and I'm sharing this with all these people. I'm super excited and I'm a very eccentric person. So I don't, I don't know how I'm coming across to people, but I'm trying to talk to them. I'm talking to them fast. I'm saying, did you see it? And you know what? I just, I don't feel like people are getting, so I said, I got to get these ideas down into words. So hence the podcast. Now through all of this stuff, we make a bunch of just amazing, I don't want to say acquisitions, but it was kind of something that happened. I get a phone call. I find out that Celine Dion's old producer is selling their SSL duality. And he said, if you can get me $100,000, we will send you a duality. Now, this is the same board that the big movie like Skywalker Sound has one and and all, all Warner Brothers was trying to buy this same console to help you kind of understand the level. Celine Dion was using this console to help you understand the level of this. Our biggest competitor, the Art Institute, has this console. They're very expensive, brand new. They're like 500 grand. So I was like, okay, this is a great deal. We pull the money together. We uh, do part from cash flow, part from Roland, my business partner, and we wire the money out in two different increments, one $75,000, one $25,000. Now, during this whole time, I got accepted to this really prestigious mastermind, and my wife was wiring the money out, and I said, hey, you know what, I kind of want to try out for this mastermind, let's see, but it was $25,000 to get into the mastermind. So we were thinking we had a little bit in savings, and we said, okay, you know what, should we do this, should we that, blah, 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 but there was a big miscommunication with me and my wife. As she's wiring out the money, she sends me the picture. She doesn't realize I'm talking about the mastermind. She's talking about the console. So when I got accepted to this uh, mastermind, I was like, wow, that was really, really easy because I convinced my wife to use basically all of our savings to, uh, to go be a part of it. And then I realized what had happened because they said, okay, cool. Come out to Boise. Come to this. Come to that. It was a, the, the Russell Brunson ClickFunnel mastermind. And so the guy hits me up, my contact at the mastermind. He said, hey, we haven't seen it yet. Sometimes it takes a, a few days. Um, is there any way you can send us confirmation? So I asked Kayla, hey, can you send me confirmation that it's been sent? She said, yeah. So I send that to him. So we go out to Boise. We go out and we have fun. We meet Russell. We hang out at this mastermind. We have access to all these great people, talk business. And I mean, it's all intents and purposes, a normal mastermind. We don't really get 
much out of it. Basically, everyone tells us, raise your prices. And most of the people there were just working on internet businesses and trying to do webinars and trying to do this, that, and the other. And it kind of felt like people were just trying to trick people into how to get them to give them money. And it's just, it's just, how can we make as much money for just zero work? And some of their visual products just weren't on par with ours. I mean, we own a media company and we're looking at what these people are, are doing and we're just, it just doesn't seem like we're getting our money out of it. Um, besides, we were supposed to have this coach and she never talked to us the entire time we were there. And uh, so we're like, man, we just, we wasted a lot of money. Well, through this whole process, we don't realize that Kayla and I have had our wires crossed. She thought I wired the money. I thought she wired the money because when she sent me that picture, it was the money for the console. Well, that was the picture I sent them. And she thought I had taken care of it because everything was good and we were already going out there and I bought the tickets. So anyway, he hits me up when we get back. He goes, dude, your money still hasn't come in. And I said, well, let me check out what's going on. So we finally come to, we, we realized what had happened and I look at Kayla and I go, well, you know what? Based on what we saw when we were up there, we're supposed to be do two of those per year. I mean, would you pay $25,000 for that? And we just realized, you know what? For internet marketers and the webinars and the in, in ClickFunnels and all that, it might make sense. But we're in education and it just didn't really make sense for us. It just, we didn't get a lot out of it. So we just said, hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to wire this money. We thought it was wired, but through un unfortunately an un unforeseen circumstance, we're just, and now we know what we're paying for. We're not going to do it. And we had kind of had a red flag because I had asked, hey, can you send me the contract? And they said, well, we only send out the contract after the money's wired. And I go, huh. All right. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I, I felt really honored to be a part of it. So that's why I sent them the thing that Kayla sent me because I thought, I mean, you get the picture by now. But anyway, just through all that crazy weirdness, uh, we went out there and we experienced it. And that is the tale of the very short time I was in one of these high-level masterminds. And uh, I, I will say that I think masterminds are actually a great idea. I just think that you really need to vet the people a little bit more who are in it. Because I think if they would have, instead of just wanting my twenty-five grand. I think if they would have found out my business and who I was and what was going on, I don't think they would have necessarily thought I was the best fit. You know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. I think the right group of people can change the world. That's why, I mean, I have a, a mastermind now and I vet people very, I mean, we're going to cap it at 33 and I think we have 11 in it or something like that. But I want to make sure that it's people that are on the same mission that I am and have the same values and are trying to do the same things, not just, hey, I'm here to be a guru. I want to do things with people. You know what I mean? So, um, but I will say for the right person, if you're an, a, an internet uh, webinar person, all those different things, I mean, that's probably the best one to be in because I mean, Russell Brunson, he really is a genius at what he does. So I'm not taking anything away from him or what it is. I will just say for who I am and what I'm doing, it's not necessarily the best fit. So, with that being said, in one fell swoop, we join and leave one of the best masterminds in the country, and we get this crazy $500,000 console. So we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. I mean, we we made some contacts. We we have a lot of momentum. Momentum is, is key. We're moving forward, and things are charging up. And it's about this time when Rob Keating, my lawyer, comes to me, and he says, dude, will you produce my album? And uh, we had been kind of farting around every now and then and taking lessons together. And, and uh, we, we both take guitar lessons from the same teacher. And then he wants me to record him and help do this, that, and the other. Pull this record together, uh, this what he's calling the road record. And it's going to be 10 songs of just pure awesomeness. And he's had these songs forever, has this kind of mental picture of what he wants them to sound like. And he's trusting me to, to kind of paint this picture, which I feel completely honored. He's never really been in the studio. So we... We embark on that. I'm going, you know what? We just got a duality. So we're recording your song. You're going to be the first session on the duality. So he comes in. We, we're all set up and we start to record. And we have live players. And for the very first time, I'm watching this person experience his music with real musicians and great musicians and recorded back and, and played back. And, and he's just... You know, 
it, it was a very long session. I, I, I'll bet you we spent 15 hours straight on it. The song sounds great, but he told me the next day, he said, you know, I drove home that night, and this is the best compliment I have ever received as a producer. He said, I drove home that night, and I screamed all the way home in sheer exuberance. Now, I defy you to to find a better compliment than that. That was, it really meant so much to me because I'm telling you, this guy, even though, yeah, you know what? This, this guy is one of the most intellectually gifted people I've had the pleasure to have a conversation with. But when he takes his lawyer cap off, I mean, he's pure musician, all musician. And he feels music. I mean, he just, to have a musician of that caliber, someone who feels music in that way, number one, trust me with their music, but then number two, tell me that I delivered at that level. It meant more to me than he could probably ever understand because as a producer, that's what you're looking for. So he takes a break. He goes to Hawaii for Thanksgiving and and everyone starts kind of the holiday situation, if you will. And I go into my next project, which is a young girl and uh, her name is Colby. And Colby begins to, uh, we're, we're kind of feeling each other out. She's 15, 15, young girl. And she is actually the granddaughter of one of our students. And uh, so I start kind of working with her. And, and it, was, it was funny, one of our students, obviously, he's, he's a little older. Um, he's recording his granddaughter. And I walk by and I go, hmm, she's, she sounds great. And so he, he buys a couple sessions just to see if we'd be a good fit. And you know what? She's got tone that just a 15-year-old shouldn't have. And uh, so we begin a project. We're going to do a five-song project. And we're going to have a, an element of development in, in this because, I mean, she needs a little bit of help and understand maybe the writing process and just being in a studio. I mean, it's it's a scary experience when you're with all of these people who are great at music and this is their normal environment, but you've never been in a studio before. So we get to know one another and uh, we pull in some of our year two students in. And year two is something that we have expanded upon our RAB program because we wanted to offer year two to students who wanted to take a real deep dive after they have that foundation, they understand what do they want to do and who do they want to connect with and how do they want to go about it. And so we have year two students kind of helping out on this project and being a part of it and, and seeing the production process, the producer-client relation, producer-artist relationship. And uh, we had some year two students on uh, my lawyer's project as well. And uh, we're working with this girl, Colby, and you can, you can slowly tell she's coming out of her shell and we're 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 seeing this uh caterpillar if you will turn into a butterfly and not quite there yet but man she's getting close um and so she comes in two times a week and and some of the students are experiencing uh my producing style because at, at that moment i'm not a teacher anymore they're seeing a real production process a development process so that they can expand on who they can be and who and how they can help an artist really find the most amount of music that they have inside of themselves at that moment. And so things are starting to click on all cylinders. We're finding all of these great things, all of these great people. Things are clicking. Things feel amazing. We are moving forward. I know I say that a lot, but you got to keep moving forward no matter what. And so it's about this time we go on Christmas break. Everyone goes off and does whatever it is that students do on break, which is probably play video games, whatever it is. And uh, over break, we work every single day. We work and we work. And it's about this time where uh, we're getting ready to release a documentary that we have been working on with Brett Favre about concussions in the NFL. And Chase, our wonderful media guy, is under an, an insane deadline and he is he came in worked on christmas he worked on new year's day he i mean i'll bet you he put 100 hours into this thing one week i mean he and he knocked it out of the park it's about to come out on the 11th so we're very close you can see how close that this podcast is coming to right now guys but we're on break we keep working even though everyone else had 13 days off the executive team came in every single day day in and day out one foot in front of the other we're going to bring this year home now, I can tell you for the last three years in a row, we have hit triple-digit growth. 
and we have paid off so much debt, our company is going to be debt-free come June. June, debt-free. And it's something that, it's funny, when you're little, you're like, ah, credit card, awesome! I'm telling you, it's not nearly as awesome as you think it is. I'm excited about debt-free. I'm, I'm excited about stress-free. I'm excited about paying that off. That's what I'm excited about. Now, this year, in retrospect, I mean, I was able, like that STI that I, I drove past that, uh, that house where I found the Escalade, I've been able to give that car to Zach Markle, a.k.a. Thor. His, uh, his Audi crapped the bed, and I was able to just say, hey, you know what? That's your car now. I was able to get Ashley Kisner a brand new car. And now both of them are Team Subaru. That's kind of cute because they're together. But this year, in retrospect, we've done amazing, incredible things. We have changed our stars. We have changed one another's life. I truly believe we're just getting started. Over that break, we were able to change the curriculum completely. We are going to launch a curriculum in February that is going to change the game. It is going to disrupt education as we know it. It is going to be the new way that everyone does everything moving forward. I did that with my team. I did that with belief. I did that with people caring. I just had a meeting with Jim Naren, uh, the guy who used to work at the conservatory, who's now one of our ingredients of the secret sauce. He worked over the break on the curriculum. We have Jeff, who has been with me from the beginning. I mean, not super, super the beginning, but I mean, close enough. I mean, this guy's incredible. And he's in the digital marketing thing. He's in the sales side of things. He's a teacher. He's, I mean, he is a Swiss army knife. He's incredible. And he is so gifted at mixing. I don't think he even understands who he is. We're just getting started, guys. Now, I'm going to end with one story, and it was New Year's. My nephew has come down, future CEO of KMG, I'm just saying. My nephew came down, and he's hanging out, and we're, uh, we're mixing a song that we have just wrote. Uh, John took point on it, John Gillette, who's back in the picture. and he, I mean, he helped me start KMG. He's back. He wrote, a song for this girl that's just, ah, oh, it's awesome. It's called Scar Tissue. You guys are going to hear it probably on the radio someday. My 17-year-old nephew sitting next to me, mixing it with me. And we actually went to Colby's grandfather's house for New Year's. And we hung out with her parents and uh, her grandpa and her, uh, her grandma and a couple of his friends who were singers. And they had a karaoke party. Now, if you know me by now, I'm a little bit of a singer. I love singing. But more importantly, when he invited me to go there, I wanted to make sure that I had enough of a song so I could show him who his granddaughter really was. And that night, composed by Thor. Zach Markle, but I mean, everyone knows he's actually Thor. Composed by Thor. Written by John Gillette. Produced by Greg. We showed that family who their granddaughter was that night, and I got to see tears of pure joy come out of her mother's eyes because she was so proud of who her daughter was. I got to see Colby shocked at how she sounded. Now she's just getting started too. I got to see her grandfather so excited and proud of his family that night. Her dad being the proud papa, just so excited. Her grandmother just jumping up and hugging her granddaughter three or four times. And then her granddaughter telling me, look, my, my grandmother is not even, she's not that affectionate. The fact that she did that, oh my God. Guys, we're changing lives. We keep music going. That's what we do. That's who we are. And guys, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And I want to close on this. I know that this one had to be long because I had to bring this thing home. But I want to give such a huge shout out 
to my inner circle, my team, being Mitch Zonnefeld, who's the most connected guy that you know. He's got the biggest heart. He still has that, that little boy belief in everything. And it's what makes him great. He is incredible. There are so many times that I know I, I'm at my wit's end. And it's because of his sparkle and his love and his joy for the world that it keeps me going. It's, I'm so lucky to call him one of my very best friends. I'm so lucky to have him on my inner circle. I'm so lucky to just know him. The next person is Ashley Kisner. Ashley has, I mean, she had a big part in this story, but there is not a single person on this entire earth that I am more proud of than that woman because I know who she was. I know who she is. And I know that she is just getting started. She still surprises me every single day with her love, her compassion, her work ethic. It's just something to behold. It's not normal. This team is not normal. Zach Markle, one of the most proud people that I know. And it's not always a good thing. But when I'm too prideful, he's the one who can knock me off my stupid pedestal because he's strong enough to do that. And I'm strong enough to do that for him. And it has started a bond between the two of us that I just don't think is matched. I consider him my absolute brother. I respect him beyond belief. He's one of the smartest people that I know. Now those three people are people that I get to work with every single day. Those are three people that I would jump in front of a bullet for. But here's the thing, the way that this team operates. We would fight over the bullet. Those people in my life are so rare. I'm telling you, we put the show Friends and the magic that you think they have, the, the fairy tale friends, the, the movie friendships, we put that to shame. This team is amazing and great. And we're just getting started. Last but not least, I need to thank my wife. Kayla Kimball is my very, very best friend. In a lot of ways, I don't consider us equals. I consider her my superior in more ways than she will probably ever understand. She teaches me day in and day out how I can be better. She challenges me when I need to be humbled. She is the driving force that helps me become the best version of myself. She is that puzzle piece. I watch her be a leader for this company. I watch her be an insanely amazing mentor to Ashley. Ashley would ne never have been able to make the transformation that she did without my wife, Kayla. If, if you talk to Ashley, Ashley's going to say, ah, Greg this, Greg that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But the unsung hero in that was day in and day out, my wife showing her an example of what an amazing woman looks like. And you learn by transference and having that person in your life changes you. She's a leader of men. She's a leader of women. She's a leader of the heart of the mind. And anybody who comes across her is lucky to know her. Probably the most smart, beautiful, honest, compassionate woman I've ever met in my life. And again, she's just getting started. Because of this bond that these five people have, 
It has proved to me that I don't believe that friendship and business don't mix. I think that it's essential. You just can't have crappy friends with crappy business. So open up the lines of communication. Love and love deep. Love big. Don't be scared to take a bullet for someone that you love. Don't be scared to challenge and hold accountable the people that you love. Sometimes it's not your job to be their friend. It's your job to make them great. That's what my friends do for me. They expect more out of me. We are capable of things that everyone is capable of. You just have to believe. The only real secret sauce in this story, and I hope that we can finally bring it home, the only crazy thing that we actually did in this entire story, the insane thing, the mo- like I'm I'm talking about not not the rolling the dice with seventy five grand not the not the hail mary pass after hail mary pass those weren't the crazy things the only real true astonishing crazy thing that we did in this story was we didn't quit any rational person would have quit any sane person would have quit. The signs were there. We should have quit. Belief, guys. Believing is seeing. Seeing is not believing. So if you can believe in yourself, if you can believe in your dreams, if you can believe in your team, you guys will see anything. And this has been the last episode of the homeless millionaire. And I hope it's clear, and you know by now, that it's not a story of someone who is homeless, who could make millions. It's the story of mindset. It's the story of a homeless person who, in his mind, had a million-dollar idea, had already made a million dollars. Guys, everything is mindset. Everything is in your mind. So just believe.